What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our Sheffield recap. And when I say we, I mean Steve Denovi and Solana Lewis. Um, I was not available for the podcast, and we had to get this out right away, um, or sooner rather than later, because we have a lot of preview shows coming up. And also, you know, if we wait three weeks, it's kind of old news at that point. So we got the episode out, and if I'm being honest, probably the two best people to have on, right? You got Steve Denovi, who was a coach there, or a suspended coach, um, and got to experience the meet in that fashion. Then you had Solana, who was a spectator during doing her journalistic duties at the meet as well. So I don't know if there's a better duo to really talk about this. Uh, so you're not missing much with me not being there. Yeah, a fantastic episode. Uh, they go into their experiences on being, you know, at Sheffield as well, and then on top of that, you get, you know, just the takes, the analysis, and you know their their perspective on the meets. And um, Solana especially has a really good uh, insight on it because the live stream doesn't do it justice, um, based on what I'm told. And yeah, it gives a good insight on that. And yeah, just another successful Sheffield. It's two. You know, you got you got two now, and I know a lot of people were kind of doubting um, the second Sheffield and whether or not they can do it, but definitely lived up to the hype. Fantastic meet. Uh, got a lot of people talking in powerlifting. Before we get into that, make sure you guys are subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating or a review there. And also go to twowhitelights.com. Pick yourselves up some merch, and also you can subscribe there too. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodge of Brooklyn squad. Who tank the love he's on the swarm? Rain on your college ass disco dorm. For you to even touch my skill. You gotta go to one killer B and he ain't gonna kill now. Chop that down, pass it all around. Lyrics get hard, quick she back to the ground. And as promised. Hold up. Wait, that wasn't Angela that said that. That was Steve. Where's Angela? I know. That sounded weird. Yeah, it just sounds weird. But as promised, I've got Solana Lewis with me here, and we're doing a little collab podcast. So this is the this is a combo two white lights, combo the power and lifting. We're going to have it on both podcasts, so you can listen on either one. Uh, but we're going to do a little Sheffield recap because uh, me and Solana had the pleasure of being there. And so firsthand got to witness not only the amazing lifting, but Sheffield experience and totality of not only like the meat, but also the things that surrounded it throughout the week, uh, being there and all that kind of stuff. So Solana, I'll kind of let you lead off and kind of your experience because it would be slightly different because you were there simply to spectate. I was there yeah. to be a suspended coach in the crowd. Um, so <laughs> yeah. there might be a little there might be a little bit difference in kind of how we experience things because I, I definitely was there in the sense of like, this is business versus just simply there for just enjoyment and pleasure. Yeah. First of all, to travel for piloting for just fun. I've also never done that in my life. So, so that was fantastic. Um, the difference between last year, watching it on a live stream versus being there is night and day live stream. I was like, okay, this is, this is great lifting. 
but the actual atmosphere of being there. Like when they started out and they had the videos of the people coming up and everyone cheer for their favorite person. Like that was so dope. And like when we were like flying around the little like glow sticks, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm at a concert, but also at a sporting event right now. Like this is so cool. And everyone was just like screaming so loud. Um, Clearly France has the most mad people because my ears hurt whenever a French lifter came out. But like, it was just overall to see the screen, to see like the energy and feel the energy in the room. It was amazing. Like I've never experienced anything like that in processing at all. Even like, you know, USAPL Nationals, like that's fun for primetime. It's not the same thing. It was geared to make it fun to watch. I, I don't know the answer to this, but how how much have you been to like high level collegiate or like professional sporting events? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> okay, so that's how I'm able to. No, there's kind of two comparisons I have here. So, like the meet and the experience as a whole was incredible. It's it's like nothing else in powerlifting, and and while the lifting was unbelievable, the production of the meet was unbelievable. We've had things comparable, not as good, but comparable that are in the realm of, of, of similar things. That's why when you watch the live stream, it's it's amazing, but like the live stream and all that kind of stuff, I think it, it, it doesn't give it justice of what it's like to experience in person. And the difference is, is it actually felt like a sporting event. When you go to most powerlifting meets, the Arnold, IPF Worlds even, which is IPF Worlds is about the quietest meet ever, uh, at least what it seems like, uh, national, any of these big meets that are the big spectacles, most of the people spectating there don't really care. They're yeah. there see, see just to see their friend. They're not really cheering that much. Like it, it's every, everything's just kind of quiet. It's not. It's not a sporting event. This was like being at a collegiate basketball game, um, or if you have never been to a collegiate basketball game, uh, the still to this day the most energy I've ever felt for any specific thing in powerlifting it was when Ray Williams squatted a thousand eighty at the Arnold. This was like that, except dosed over multiple lifts and throughout the entire event. Like, think of that energy of like, it, it, a lot of times we get that for like, just when Russ comes out to squat or like when Dana Lynn Bailey squatted back at the Arnold, like 2017 or 2018, or when Ray hit 10, we have these very small blips of this energy. And what it was, was that energy sustained throughout the entirety of a meet. And I actually, in sense, I don't know if you felt this, I did feel like the energy actually peaked at the start. To an extent, like when they did the intro and then the squat started, that's when it just felt like, holy cow, this is unreal. And then throughout the rest of it, it was incredible. But like that was like the moment that you kind of got like chills down your spine when they were introducing all the lifters. And like you said, uh, the crazy part about it, too, is like all the countries who came in, um, obviously, a lot of the European countries like France, I'm sure that's a pretty easy travel situation. That's like going mm -hmm. from like Carolina to Memphis in the U.S. Like we can easily travel for that. It's not like you flying over from the U.S. And we're not going to have a big U.S. population there cheering. Uh, it was very obvious the countries that kind of came in bulk. And when their lifters were up there, it was I mean, you had 400 French fans going crazy every single time. Panna and Jod and Leah uh and noemi were up there being able to compete so it was just it was very different that was the difference in the meat more than anything lifting amazing production amazing but those were in in a, in a realm of possibility that we've seen before to an extent it was the fact that it actually felt like a sporting event and i've never felt that in powerlifting yeah definitely like it was so worth the flying 
and I was tired. That was nine hours of flying plus three hours on the train. I was tired, but I was happy. Yeah. So give everyone else like a like a, a breakdown of kind of like what it's like going there. So I, I will say I don't think I'd ever travel to Sheffield barring I'm forced to for a powerlifting meet. It was a nice little what? area. Uh, I vacationed in London prior. And whenever we told anyone local to London we were going to Sheffield, they asked why. That was their That's exact so funny. answer. Um, but I think did you fly into London as well? No, you're yeah. in Manchester. OK, London. London. so you fly in. Okay, you fly into London. It's about a two and a half, three hour train ride to Sheffield. Sheffield, I, I literally would liken it to Springfield, Missouri, where I live, where it's a nice city. There's plenty to do, but it's not like a tourist location. Like you wouldn't go there necessarily to, to have a vacation. It's just a nice, it's a big, nice city that was it was great to be in. It was easy to get around. Um, you weren't at the Meat Hotel, but either way, it's, it's a small enough city that we we're all within like five to 10 minutes walking distance of the, the city hall, which is where the event was. Um, okay. If you were in the Meat Hotel, I didn't partake in this as much, uh, but if you were in the Meat Hotel... It pretty much was like 24-7 hangout in the lobby area for everyone. Like the who's who of powerlifting all down there. I didn't do that as much. I was on vacation with my wife. I'm going to be honest. If I have a choice between hanging out with people I don't know and hanging out with my wife in the two weeks a year, I get free freedom to hang out with her unimpeded. I'm going to hang out with my wife. But it was a really cool thing. Like I know uh, Julian from Squat Mean Deadlift. He pretty much lived down there and just was talking to everyone all week and absolutely loved it because you could go down to the lobby at any time and there's, there's going to be someone there because it, one, that's just where you can hang out. But two... Um, I obviously wasn't involved with it because I was suspended, but if you were a coach and or an athlete, pretty much most of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there was things going on. Thursday and Friday was a lot of like media stuff and how much they were having to kind of get with recordings and media stuff, uh, walkthroughs of the venue, uh, lot numbers, there was a whole bunch of stuff that had to go through where they were pretty busy. And so every couple hours they had something they had to do. Then obviously Saturday, the meet, and then Sunday, the banquet and whatnot. So, um, I didn't attend any of that stuff, but it was just, it's a whole weekend. It's a whole weekend. Very, very, very well organized. Um, the, the city hall, I think it hosts about 2,200 people. It's big. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, it almost like, you know, it's big yet small and it almost benefits that it's in that type of theater that has good acoustics. Cause I think that probably made the sound like louder, uh, yeah. versus like when you're like, when you're in like a, like a, a convention center venue that that's not built for acoustics. So when you get that sound and everything, but uh, yeah, it was just an incredible spectacle. It was, it lived up to the hype and I, it definitely is something that is different to experience it in person than through a live stream. Agreed. I think that is the only thing I would change for myself. If I were to go back, I would be at the Me hotel. Cause when I did go in there, I did always run into somebody, uh, personal thing that was cool for me everyone who I've ever interviewed from like IPF was there so I was like I got to take a picture of all of them that was dope the were you at the meet and greet no you, I was to meet and no, greet after I gave we gave our VIP tickets away because the, the the meet ran about an hour late yeah it, uh, it was supposed to be done at 7 30 it went to 8 30 and we had to travel pretty early the next morning so me and my wife decided to forego the meet and greet because frankly and we had met everyone like it wasn't I didn't need to meet anyone again uh so we just went out to dinner and went to bed. No, but how how was the meet and greet? <laughs> that that when I was hearing some people were out to four a.m. to six a.m. Like, did the meet and greet go that long, or did everyone just no, go no, party no. afterwards? They must have party afterwards because the meet and greet went till eleven p.m. So like nine to eleven, uh, everyone got in line, got to meet people, got to take photos of everybody. So I made sure to talk to everybody who I really liked a lot, which is most most people. That was dope. Um, and then after that, people went back to me hotel. They had food till 1130. 
but they were like running out of food. And that's when everyone like who didn't get to really eat, I think they all went out to eat and like find like random McDonald's and stuff after and then bars. I I left after the food at 1130. I was like, okay, no. Like <laughs> I can't I can't do bars anymore. But that's what they were doing till 4 a.m. Uh but the meeting was dope though. Like it was great. Like everybody was there. You got to meet every single person, take a picture of every single person, have a conversation with anybody from one to. So I loved it. You could really tell who was the most popular. Like Delaney had a line the entire time. Jesus had a line the entire time. Keiko had a line the entire time. Like you could tell who was like the most loved versus like <laughs> the people who just were not as much. <laughs> it yeah. was so funny. No, it was cool. I mean, I met a lot of people there. I didn't, I, I found out I'm popular in Sweden. I didn't know that. I had That's a lot, cool. I met a lot of people from Sweden. That was super, super cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, like everyone that was the, the biggest difference, everyone that was there was paying to be there because they wanted to go watch like it was a sporting event. Like it was yeah. the Champions League final. It was the Super Bowl. They they weren't there because it was just like, oh, my friend's lifting and I came along with them. Or like, I just passed by the sea pod and I'll just watch for a couple seconds. Everyone was there That's like so very, very specifically to watch and spectate and cheer. And that was the difference. That was what created the atmosphere. Um, I'll give credit to uh, the announcer, Joe Whiteley, was phenomenal. He's great. Phenomenal. He was perfect. He said exactly what he needed to and no more. And it, that was probably the best meat announcing in the sense of creating energy I had ever I had ever heard. So they did great. Um, judging, I thought, was incredibly fair and consistent. It wasn't overly oh, strict. Oh. There wasn't any dumb calls, I thought. Like, I thought it was I thought it was very like I, I, I could tell based off of the judging exactly what the calls were going to be. Yes, I agree. Very consistent judging. And I forgot, I was wondering throughout the meet why no coach was contesting anything. I did not know they changed the rule. Yep. That coaches are not allowed to contest. That's a huge deal. The entire time you I was can't, like, how could you well, not contest that? Well, like, hold up. Contest another lifter's lift. Another lifter's lift, yes. You can you can contest your own lifter's lift, which we did see a couple times. I don't think any of those got overturned. You can no, no longer contest another lifter's lift, like we saw last year where it happened like six times. Every that is no longer time. a rule. <laughs> um what happens now is the jury just takes a look at it which i think only one time did the jury get involved and that was keiko's third squat second i think squat. it was second squat. second squat yeah that was the only one that the jury got involved so i also thought that was good they didn't get overly involved and overstep and make it their thing like it was a world where basically like why do we even have refs so yeah mm -hmm. all in all it's just it just worked out really really well so credit i know pete puts so much into this throughout the entire year. And then the week of the meet and stuff, he's got a huge team. They did a fantastic job. So, um, but lifting. Yeah. That part. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with the men. Uh, the men was, I mean, the, I would argue the women was the more impressive lifting, but the Absolutely. men, the men played out exactly how this meet is built to be where I think we had six pulls for the win. Like yep. no one, no one was breaking records by 9%. It was all like, can I even do 1%, which is really what this meat is meant to be. Um, I think that's going to be short, short lived on the men's side because of next year and the people coming in. But this year we, we actually got like verbatim the type of meat this should be where tons of people have a chance by just barely beating the world record total. I agree with that. Um, I think the biggest upset was, of course, Jesus 
not only not podiuming, but getting 11th place. Like, and you could, being there too, like, whenever Jesus came out, like, that was the only American lifter where the energy was the same as the French team, just to be clear. Yep. <laughs> the yeah. only one. Because I was screaming for the, for the American team. I was like, is no one else yelling? What's going on? But yeah, I, personally, I think it just came down to attempt selection. Like, bench press, everything went downhill. Looking at the opener, I was like, I don't think y'all should jump 20 kilos. And I saw that. I was like, oh. The opener was good, but not, like, amazing. And then it just went downhill because he missed second and third. And then yeah, you could I, tell he looked so flustered coming out for his first deadlift. I was like, I think he might miss his first deadlift. I said that before he failed it or like wobbled backwards. He looked like he was like stressed. And I was like, oh no. Yeah, that's the, I mean, we talked about, I mean, Jesus is at a disadvantage that since he lifts so much, it's one, very hard for him to have the same percentage of world record total. But at the same time, if he misses one of these lifts, it kind of puts, it's really hard to play catch up there. And so yeah. uh, the jump was a lot, but I don't know how much you could see it. What happened on the second attempt is he kept sinking and they were not giving him a press command. And as, as they should, because it was continuing to sink, 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 sink. And he thought it was paused. They gave him a really long press command because of that. He misses it. On the third attempt, I might be wrong here. I'm not fully sure because I wasn't I'm in the crowd. It's hard to know for sure. Do you know, was it, did he, some people were saying he jumped the press command. Some people well, were saying he jumped the rack command. I witnessed him jump the rack command and I have no idea about the yeah, press command, that, but he definitely okay. threw it back. So he for sure, he for sure jumped the rack command, but I heard some people say he jumped the press command, which is why he didn't care. And he just did it. And I wondered if he maybe tried to time it a bit more because the strength was there. Like he smoked the third, but- <laughs> I, it it was just a matter so yeah and then obviously come deadlift he was just playing catch up like it was kind of like i can understand that like it's it's it, he he could have pulled the world record deadlift like i feel like he was very strong on the day yeah like, it, it wasn't a matter of that it was just execution errors on bench and then on deadlift they were just like go for broke or not at all which frankly when we get to the women i mean it kind of happened there too like you you, you you could get fifth or you could get ninth like on one lift and so for him it was like okay either i'm gonna win it or i don't i don't really care about getting fifth place so let's go for it and so i don't i don't really blame him there i mean it's, it's kind of the meat to do that because yeah. it, I, I think we're gonna see continue to see strategies and evolve within sheffield because that's something even after working with natalie for this one i've got some ideas of kind of in the future kind of like it because it like the men was closer on the women. We already knew after squats who the top four was and it was done. Like there was nothing we could do. There was literally nothing you could do. And at that point, you, you can't even win the meet. There's no chance for it. And so you got to like, there has to be some alter alternative thought process of the strategizing within it. And so um, I think we're going to see the evolution of that, of how it goes. But obviously with Jesus, he wanted to pull for the win, went for it, wasn't there. Yes. Next big moment, Gustav winning when none of us had him in top top three i probably didn't have him in top five i was like oh he did great yeah yep yeah, that was the big that was the upset uh i will say this is my fault because i think you just you you were just copying and pasting the the percentages stuff i had one of the things that screwed up our predictions i had the wrong world record total for 74 i had not uh -huh. updated it I had not updated it to Kiel's 800. And okay. so we were going off of the 790 and that would have completely changed everything. Cause I would, I, if I, if I had gone off, if we had both gone off at 800, we probably don't look at uh, Callie and Tim in the same light. Uh, 
But either way, like, I mean, after Jesus kind of fumbled, it was very much the battle of the 93s. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of like, which of the 93s is going to win? Kind of just like with the women, which of the 69s is going to win? Um, and yeah, Gustav, I mean, I think Gustav kind of easily won it. Like, he didn't empty the tank. Uh, it doesn't overly... Sh I mean, I should have, I, I feel like this is in hindsight, I was just an idiot because I mentioned on the preview show, this was the best his trainings ever looked before mm -hmm. me. It, it, usually he doesn't post much top end stuff and his top end stuff, it, even if he does, like he gets a pretty good peek into the meat and does a lot more. I, in hindsight, it should have been a big old tell that, oh, he's hitting numbers way higher than he usually does in training we should expect x amount more in the meat and i mean he had a 900 kilo total i mean it was it was it was perfection on his end i know now we know for next year if he's posting like that okay <laughs> he's going yeah. to do very well um not shocked about jonathan keiko coming in second i think most of us had him podiuming um he did great and only went eight for nine because the second attempt squat the jury got involved um i still wonder like why does his squad just not show up on meet like it does in training i don't know i don't that's that's been a consistent thing that's kind of held back what it looks like his total can be because his deadlift shows up his bench shows up his squat doesn't i don't i mean it was kind of a thing for a couple of meets there he all he always had weird travel circumstances like uh i think it was usapl nats one year he had such a delay and couldn't eat and the same thing happened yeah, maybe yeah. for south africa he had a bunch of weird stuff where he lost a bunch of weight and i don't i don't know how much he cuts but yeah squad always tends to not come in as well and then bench and deadlift are great um so yeah i'm not sure why i mean frankly even with the second attempt miss i don't really think that changes much because i thought his third attempt was pretty much what his third attempt was going to be um and then from there i think he hit basically what his top end was at per usual the guy's clutch i mean he didn't win but he doesn't if you but if you give him a third deadlift he's going to hit it every single time and so he just he just had the issue that gustav was going to pull after and got the last chance but otherwise keiko just had another i mean he's just he's probably the most consistent male lifter in recent powerlifting history at this point like it's 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 very easy to know that he's just not going to miss um he's going to execute and he's going to get decently what we think he's going to do yeah one thing i did ask him at the meet and greet i asked about his squat and he was like and most people probably noticed i didn't know that the scar was because they actually had to remove some of the muscle in his abdominals when he was a child like a baby he was born premature so he did mm -hmm. say like when he squats like he feels way weaker on that side every time now but again it still shows up in training so i'm like well i don't know but that, that, well, that that's that's why he he sometimes has a twist but i don't that again that doesn't really mean he should squat less than the meat so yeah i'm not sure why it's pretty consistent but at the same time that just might be how because there's a thing too sometimes to get deadlift to peak you might have to suffer on squat a like maybe you have to suffer two and a half kilos on squat to get deadlift to peak five kilos extra and it's worth it because you get two and a half kilos net total. So it could also be a thing of how they're peaking him in sense of like knowing, okay, like to get deadlift where we want it to be squat that there's a lot of little things there in the sense of like tapering and peaking that can kind of do it. But, uh, but a lot of people sometimes if they have a bigger cut, uh, squat is the one that gets hurt the most because that's the one that's most immediate to the recomp and by bench and deadlift, you start to continue to recomp more and more to where you're fully back at weight. So that's sometimes a thing where people like Brandon Petrie is one that uh, commonly says he doesn't feel like his legs are there on squat from his cut, which probably is going to be a little bit different with him going to 93 now versus 90. But uh, I would say even though the upset and 
the best performance of the, I don't know. Yeah. Best performance. I'll say about is Gustav. The biggest shock. Sorry for lightning strike victims. I know that can be somewhat uh sensitive subject for you is Delaney. Delaney. And I, I don't know. Maybe you talked to him. Eventually I saw on the post. No idea what to expect. Honestly, I don't think we underrated him because based on the post he made, I don't think he fully knew what he was going to be able to be capable of going in. And so like, it was kind of like, we're going to go for it and see what, but it was there. It was, I mean, it was 100% there. They set him up so perfectly for that day. Yeah. I didn't know, I, I, but it's true. He also really didn't know. Like he really didn't know how he was going to do. He knew Ben was going to be great. And he was like, okay, we'll see how the rest of it goes. But yeah, eight for nine day, got every attempt but the last one and gets the world record on the eighth attempt. Which in the moment, I was like, not happy to see him load for the world record on the eighth attempt. But then he hit it, so I was okay with it. How did you feel about it when you saw it loaded? I, I figured, I mean, I, I could sell from the get-go that's what he was trying to do. Okay. As soon as he hit the as soon as he hit the squat and bench and knowing what he had to try and pull last year. So I think he tried to pull the same thing. Two thirty five. No, he I think it was 235 last oh, year. 337.5. This year, yeah. he only needed 330 because he hit the same squat and he benched seven and a half kilos more. He did 330 for his second attempt last year. And so, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, he's just trying to do the same thing again and hit it on his... Yeah, I was good with that. I mean, I, I maybe he thought that could move a bit better because I think deadlift at times has been stronger than 330. But no, either way, I thought that I was... I was... I thought that was a good call to... Because to... to nail that on the second um get really what the goal has been for a long time to be the world record holder and as of mm -hmm. right as of right now and the ipf the best 83 um and then obviously just had didn't have any more in the tank for his third but no i i thought that was a good call to go for in the second so and truly since like we talked about this record for so long with russell it's just perfect timing because obviously russell's coming back to the ipf so he had to get it now because that mm -hmm. might get taken real quick so well, and perk performance and perk putting well i don't it won't transfer up but perk probably is gonna hit perk's probably gonna hit i mean if i put money on it i would say perk is gonna have the highest 83 kilo total this year at 74 if oh, i yeah. put if i had to <laughs> if i had, if i was a betting man i would say that so uh but no that was super cool to see like everything like his delaney's had a rough couple years up and down and up and down with injuries and whatnot um, and like we said, it, it, we weren't trying to hate. We just had no idea what he was going to do coming to the meet. I honestly don't think he fully had any idea. So it was really, it was kind of Angelo-esque if Angelo was here. It was the same kind of thing where like four weeks out, you finally catch a little bit of wave of momentum and you see what can happen. And it ends up being a great meet. Yeah. Um, there's probably actually something to that too. Um, from a coaching perspective, like the idea of like a long peaking, like uh, meat prep, can beat a lot of people up and it's not the worst idea sometimes that like you're in this kind of like maintenance mode of like easy and then you just ramp up at the last second and i think a lot of people actually find that they actually feel better because they don't go through that like i'm dying process of like 15 weeks of heavy lifting and i think that's kind of what happens with angelo and delaney in these circumstances nice interesting uh gavin aiden gets all three squats i wish i had the yep. pause button that's what I want to push right now. Like, <laughs> I was like, I when that happened to me, I was like, yo, if I go home right now, I'm not mad. He got all three squats. Um, that was yeah. and got the world record at 337, and it was great. Yeah, and he argued, well, I think Gustav still wins, but arguably, if 
if uh, Gavin gets that third bench, which yeah. was that. What was what was the call on that one again? It was three red lights, two yellow, one red. I think it was soft elbows, but I'm still not sure. Okay, because if he gets that, he's now at eight ninety four, and maybe he loads a little bit heavier deadlift. He's in the running there. I I, I still think Gustav had more in the tank, and so he could have pulled what he needed to. But mm -hmm. either way, I mean, well, the only the only downside. We're not seeing this battle again this year. I was I wanted to say I can't wait to see round three or, or yeah, round three between these three after Worlds, Sheffield, and Worlds again, but we won't see this battle again. We could very well not even see Keiko or Gavin at Worlds. We'll see what happens. Yep, we got well, we do. We need to see what happens, but we're not gonna I mean Gustav <laughs> will be there, but we gotta see. Uh I mean, for people that haven't seen, uh as I assumed, Keiko did not sign up for PA Nats. Um, I, I figured that like people like him and Delaney, even though that they are going to have to fight for their spot, they're probably not going to better what they did in five weeks. Like this was their chance to put up the best total and say, "All right, you got to beat it now." Gavin yeah. is signed up because obviously he did not get a spot, so he's going to have to go again uh, and go head to head with Brandon. Uh, and we'll see on that one because on the on the guy side for Power Up America, there's a very 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 good chance that we do not have any alternates. That we have one place for each weight class, and so yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, right now, Keiko has that spot, but we'll have to see what Gavin and Brandon do. But that's unfortunate that we won't get round three of this because that I, I would I would be very interested to see them all three go head to head again outside of the Sheffield scoring. Because in the Sheffield scoring, it's almost kind of odd. While they were kind of going head-to-head, -head, you're not at the same time because you're having to look at Delaney, you're having to look at everyone else, and you're having to look mm -hmm. at all these percentages and not just go off of kilos. And so, yeah. Okay, moving on. We had... Penna had not a great day. I wasn't shocked. Honestly, I wasn't too shocked. It's just he's so finicky with his execution on me today. Yeah, I mean, competing a lot lately like unplanned too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty, he didn't have a great day, but he kind of just put up, He, I mean, he tends to put up a good enough total on like a six for nine day to be in the hunt. And then mm -hmm. from there, we just had a lot of people missing. Yes. I mean, basically, I think everyone there, Tim, Carlos, Anatoly, Carl, Kyoto, Jesus, and Tony all missed their third deadlift. So it just allowed Panna to kind of sit there um, and, and find his way in the fifth place. Yeah, we had three people get their last deadlift on the men's side. That's wild. But again, yeah. not shocking. You're pulling for the win. Yep. So, um, and then we had the battle with Tim and Carl. Uh, neither had a bad day, but I don't think either had the day they wanted. I mean, I think they were both talking like well over 800, and that really wasn't in the cards. Um, and Tim got the better of it this time. Uh, and then I'll say uh, one of the biggest surprises uh, even though he got seventh, was Carlos Peterson Griffith. Yeah. Well, like I mean, we, we really... had no idea. So we were just like, ah, oh, maybe the squat worker, that's it. But no. Yeah. Yeah, he had a, I mean, he was, I mean, he's going to be at World, so that's going to be interesting. He will be in that battle again. And frankly, what did he try to pull? Did he try and pull for the win? So he uh, didn't try and pull for the win. He yeah. went 375 to go to 890, which wouldn't have won, but that would have pulled him in the fourth place, maybe maybe third place. Uh, 
But I mean, he he's someone that come world's time, like it will like him and Emil Krastev will be in the discussion as well with Gustav and then whoever represents America. So um, that's someone who has really put himself into the picture uh, of a top 93 in the world. Agreed. Uh, we had Kyoto. Kyoto was testing against Panna. He had a rough day. He went five for nine. He lived up he to the wild the card. Squat. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, lived up to the wild card. Like he could have won it, or he gets like ten. Like it wouldn't have surprised <laughs> me either way. Like there was there was multiple times he was in first place on forecast because he's just the wild card. Um, and it, it mainly comes down to deadlift. His deadlift is just sketchy with that lockout, and he couldn't do it. And then squat. I mean, no hate to him. It's in the you can do it right now. That bar on his third attempt was way below his shoulders. Oh, was it like, really? Oh, it was, it, there I was couldn't... it looked like it was going to fall off his back. I mean, this isn't any, I mean, it's, it, they're not calling this, but I, I, this goes back to the French low bar. I'm, if they're going to call, if they're going to have bench depth, I, I want there to be an actual rule that is enforced that you have to have the bar across your shoulders. Okay. But that's not why he missed the first squat. No, the well, it is why he missed the first squat, and it's I he almost missed his third squat. The bar is so low that he kind of has to stop for a second to stabilize it because it's about to roll off his back almost. Okay, so this is crazy because you were close to me. So I thought he was just doing a little hip hinge for no good reason and then starting the squat. And so the first squat, he like hip hinged and like locked his knees again and then kind of thought it was a squat. But I didn't realize the bar was that low. Like we couldn't tell. We were like, why is he keep stopping? Yeah. Like it <laughs> The bar was super low. On his second attempt, he didn't have to do that. On his third attempt, he did it again because the bar was not stable on his back. So he kind of stopped for a second, stabilized it, and then dropped down. Wow. Okay. I'm happy you saw that. At least like that, that at least that's what I saw. I mean, obviously himself or I think Kedrick as his coach could comment on that, but that's what I saw. And so yeah, I mean like, but that's I mean it's it's allowed right now, but that's also why it's just like a high arch bench is it's a high risk, high reward. Yes, you can squat more, but there's a lot of risk to it when you do these highly technical things and you're going to miss more attempts because of it. So and that's why that's why he tends to have these big fluctuations in total where he could have won, but he could also get 10th because it's just like, how does how how does it play out on the day? Like he's probably not going to go nine for nine every single meet, but the, the meets he goes nine for nine, it's going to be epic. So. Right. Um, we had Great Britain's own Tony Cliff, the only one from Great Britain. The crowd went crazy every time it came out. But yeah, once we got to bench press, I was like, okay, I know his goal was a thousand kilo total. That was his overall goal. So he was really reaching. Just didn't work out. Yeah, he was just, he seemed like he was just loading up world records to just t take a shot at it. Cause I think, yeah. I, I mean, in, in my opinion, he probably understood to an extent, like if he doesn't do these things, it, it doesn't really matter. He's going to get probably towards the bottom anyway. So he's like, hey, why not just go for it? Have some fun. This is the meat to do it. Um, there's nothing to lose otherwise, because it, if, if he did 955, it, I don't know if that even changes his placing in the meat. So. Word. So yeah, I kind of had a feeling he would kind of do what he did, like just really reach high for it, see if he could do it. Um, and then we had Anatoly. Who went seven for that? He still had a pretty good day. Yeah, just he not quite a last bench. And Bench was odd because I thought because he got hurt. I mean, we we had question marks of like what he would do because he got hurt at Euros and that wasn't bench. And he benched, I think, 240 at Euros. Oh, wait, yes. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. He benched 225. Actually, no, so no, I'm completely wrong. Bench was not off. His best bench is 225. So 227 actually is a PR. So that's not that's out of question. So um, 
So yeah, squat, he did PR, which was a surprise, but then deadlift, I, again, I, maybe, I, I don't know the extent of the injury because he's not very public on social media, but maybe that's where deadlift got affected a bit more, but deadlift was kind of the lift that just kind of wasn't there on the day. If he hits that final deadlift, I think he breaks the... Oh no, that final deadlift still wouldn't even broken the, the world record total. He would do it just below it, so. Okay. Well, that's the men. Yep. Woman. Yep. Oh my god. So it's no, it should have not shocked anybody that it was a 69 sweep on the podium. We talked about no. how that could clearly be the case. It was the lowest world record, and that's exactly like you were mentioning before, where like eventually this meet will really turn into can we even get the world record? But when it comes to a, a total that's so low for a competitive weight class, no one's shocked. Um, but Agata. Like her first ever nine for nine meet, I was in the audience. And I'm not gonna pretend that I was not sitting there saying she's gonna miss something. I, I with my whole heart thought she was going to miss some lift, and she just executed flawlessly. And she the whole time she looked so chill. Like she came out there, she was like, "Yeah, I'm having fun." Like that was like her vibe the whole time. I was like, "What is going on? Where has you? Where have you been?" That was crazy. Yeah, and her. I mean. It's, it's, I agree with you, but at the same time, her training has been the most consistent we've ever seen leading into a meet. Um, and she probably benefits. I think she's one of the only people here that is a full-time power lifter. Like she doesn't have a day job. Like this is what she literally is doing for a living right now. Um, but her training was just on point. I, I think, I think squat was the one that shocked me. I think deadlift and bench was in the wheelhouse of what we had squat uh, 197 wasn't that hard. And I thought like 190-ish is what like her top end might've been just based on what she spot before. But yeah, it was just a master class by her. Like it was, I, 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 from the, from the opening squat, it pretty much was the Agatha show. Like, I don't think anyone, it, it, Priscilla and, uh, or Leah, I'm saying Priscilla cause I'm looking at open power lifting, uh, and then Corolla, uh, they, I mean, almost from the get-go, it was kind of like Agatha is going to have to miss at least two lifts to even open the door for them. But I, but I thought she would. <laughs> That's why yeah. I'm still in shock. But no, that was so incredible. And like her bench press, like she really kept her bench press. She had no issue. And I know a lot of people said that she wouldn't have an issue with bench press. I was like, I don't know about the depth still. Like maybe. Nope. No problem. But it probably helped. It probably helps her cutting. She now is less circumference. I mean, that's, I mean, there's probably better depth when you're getting back down to the 69 kilo class. So it probably helped her bench depth in sense being in the light, lighter weight class so that's me across my mind you're but right it probably did but yeah i mean had... I... Okay. Go ahead. okay so along with that we had leah who just because like we've seen her struggle with the injury for a while and especially after last year where we know like it was not her best day she was incredible i thought her top end on squat be 220 I could not believe she loaded 225 and the way she moved it. I'm like, you had more like you. Uh, it was a perfect call, but she may have had more in her. Like that was a Leah who I haven't seen in a long time. That was an excellent day. Her bench, that was a seven and a half kilo bench PR. I'm like, that was a huge PR for you. Like she, her train was just flying and then deadlift and perfect. That it was yeah. like, I almost no, cried. It, it was excellent. It, Seems to serve her very well being at this higher body weight. Um, and obviously Corolla, I 
honestly, I'm at third attempt deadlifts. I was kind of somewhat phasing out because I was so focused singularly on Natalie. Uh, so I don't even remember. Corolla loaded up more, and I think she, she took a pretty big jump. And I think that was because I think she felt like that was to go to – it was 12 and a half kilo jump so 595 so i'm guessing that's what she she thought maybe leah had seven and a half to ten more kilos on her deadlift and that's what she felt like she had to hit but that was kind of an odd jump for corolla i how did leah's third deadlift move i i i, I legitimately don't remember that one if like how much more she had in the tank there it moved great and i think she did more okay. it wasn't i would say like at least two and a half maybe five more Okay. I figured, I figured her, like, based on the fact that she went 225, 235, it looks like the goal was 242 to 245. So I figured that's where she would be about. The interesting thing will be like, who's actually in this class at Worlds? Because Agata has been very clear. She's not staying here. She's going back to 76 for Worlds. And that will be a fun one because we get a battle with her and Carlina again. Uh, and then Leah for, Leah for sure staying in this class, but it, would Corolla stay in this class? This usually yeah. isn't. Well, I should say she she kind of goes back and forth, but I wonder if she's going to stay here or not. I don't, I don't know. Now, with where her body weight is, I feel like she will because she's at 67.1 right now. So it seems likely she's going to stay here, um, which I'd love because, I mean, frankly, a, a Leah versus Corolla battle would be awesome at Worlds. But then that leaves, I honestly think it, it's every year in Sheffield is going to be what's the world record that is beatable? And the 63 is the next one, I think. What's the record? Do you know it? Uh, five. Leah had it. Yeah, five fifty six point five. We'll see. So that is going to be pretty tough. But that that class is kind of open now to an extent. Yeah. Like it's uh, Meg Scanlon. I think might be the favorite going into Worlds this year. We'll see on that one. Uh, that world record is decently high, but it's if Leah and Corolla stay, that that weight class has kind of been vacated of like the 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 no the the recent uh, world champions. Uh, so we'll see on that one. But uh, yeah, it was just it was it was built for the sixty nines. They had to slip up, and none of them slipped up. So it was kind of smooth sailing for those three. I mean, even within that, like this is one of those things that yes, this meet favors these world records that are comparatively low, which is why everyone went sixty nine, but. What helps is they all did so well that it really wasn't about how low their world record was, if that makes sense. Like Agata was just simply the best lifter of the meet. No ifs, ands, or buts. Doesn't matter the situation. No, I agree with that. Because it would have been not as fun if it was like, oh, we have 169 and she can just do a cakewalk. Like it was a battle between all three yeah. of them. So 100%. And then we had Evie. Yep. You had a great day. It, I don't know. Do you know what place she would have gotten if she got the last deadlift? I think, uh, let's, let me do some numbers real quick. I think she was right, trying cool. to pull, she was trying to pull in the third. Let's okay. see. Because it was kind of like, it, it, it kind of became the 69s and then Evie was kind of in her own little world for a while. Like there was no way anyone was catching her from the five down and then she kind of was out of reach. And so it was kind of like, eh, there's nothing to lose going for it. So that would have given her 481 plus 7.5 divided by 460. Oops. I'm probably not going to be able to do this math. I, these aren't That's showing fine. all the percentages. I, I think that was, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do the math because I'm going to have to do it for all of them. It's going to take forever. Uh, I think it was to pull into like a third spot based on what Leah and Carol did. I'm so, so that's that's my guess there of what they were trying to do. Yeah. 
But overall, though, like to beat the world record again with eight attempts, like she's gotten so strong. I hope she. I think she's gonna stay in the class longer. I hope she does. Even though I know she loves to eat and misses eating food, but well, I mean that class is for her because I mean, so it, well. it, yeah, that would be perfect for her to be long term at fifty two. Because frankly, if you go up to fifty seven, fifty seven's a really competitive class. Like you, yep. you put yourself in a in a situation would be fun, but you put yourself in a situation where you've got to gain forty kilos to your total to be competitive. So, but Word. yeah, then from there, this is where I was highly involved. 5th through 11th all had a chance to get 5th place. Yep. And uh, that was, I think, and that's where a bunch of people missed. Some people made it. And really, the the main showdown ended up being Brittany versus Sonita. Sonita hit her 260. And then it frankly seemed like most of the meets, Sonita had all the momentum. And and it's kind of like a, I'll, I'll compare it to a Russ. Russ hits his squat and you think it's over, but it's actually not a lot of times. But you think it is. And that was kind of how it was. If Sonita hit that squat and you think it's over, as long as the other person doesn't miss, they're still in the cards and they kind of sneakily start coming back. And it was kind of, there. you also had Sonita and Brittany missing their opening deadlift and that kind of creating a little bit of uh, like suspense. And then Brittany comes back and she hits that third deadlift and she kind of retains that crown, you can say, of at least in the IPF, the best 84 plus um, and reset the world record total. And frankly, I... I think the 84 plus is going to be the best class to watch at Worlds. That's Brittany, Sonita, and then likely Alexis. Yep. Could that could that be the best class? I think so. It was to me so, last year. It already was. So. <laughs> well, it helps that like last year it was like we, I think casual fans didn't know, and so the hype wasn't as there. I think this year the hype is there, and mm -hmm. and so it's going to build into it a bit more. But that's going to be fantastic. But uh, And we can't skip over the fact that the 300.5 kilo squat was the heaviest squat any female's done drug tested. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's unreal. I mean, that's that was massive, massive, massive. I think they actually had an issue to... I, I was reading Sunita's meat recap. They actually didn't go as heavy as they planned because something happened on the second. I'm, I'm forgetting what she wrote now, but... Yeah, either way, that was a fantastic battle. And both of them, I mean, did amazing. It just really just came down to the fact that Brittany got a chance for the last pull. She hit it uh, and retains that spot. And then seventh place is Carlina. Uh, she had a huge day. She did. She went well over, I think, what I thought was going to be there. I mean, I thought just being around 600 again based off her training. But she just had, like, spot on about the perfect day in the sense of peaking with strength and whatnot. I know. And... She would have, she could have gone nine for nine. She missed that second deadlift and had to come back and just retake it. And I think it just slipped out of her hand. It didn't look she, like, like strength to me. Yep. She, uh, she said in her meat recap, she got Amanda Lawrence's liquid chalk for her third attempt and it felt a lot better. Yeah. And multiple people, well, we might talk about with your lifter too, mentioned to me at the dinner after that, like, they felt the bar was slippery. For like the yeah, I wonder I wonder about the chalk. So I'll use Natalie. Uh, Natalie thought she thinks, I, I had no idea, if like it could be the chalk and maybe just the feeling. Natalie thought she had baby powder on her hand. Um, she said she knew immediately on her second attempt something was funky and she felt like she had baby powder on her hand. And on the third attempt, she's like, she says she immediately knew that like the bar was starting to slip because it like her, her right hand felt like it had baby powder on it. And I do wonder if there was something to the chalk they were using. 
Interesting. Because that would, if, if that made that much of a difference for Carlina to use liquid chalk, that is a plausible scenario. And that's one thing too. Honestly, I think a lot of lifters should start always having liquid chalk that creates it one very easy to transport. And then two, it's a lot more consistent. So. Well, now we know. <laughs> Um, do you want to talk about Jod and Natalie? Yeah. So Jod and Natalie. So, uh, it, I mean, when it comes down to that third pole, Natalie's main goal in the meet was placing like it, beat Jod was in the realm of it. They're obviously going back and forth. I think Jod was probably more in the realm of, I need to beat Natalie versus Natalie was more like, I want to place as high as I can. So when it came down to the third deadlift, I had all these numbers crunched and everything is talking with Matt and Susie in a group chat. Um, the options were 227 or 230, 227, uh, just looking at where everyone was, we were like, okay, she probably can hit 227, but that, that opens up the door for probably a lot of people to pull into fifth place over her. And honestly with Jod, that was going to cut, that was going to force Jod to go 236.5. And while I think that would have been hard, I think that was a plausible lift. Um, so that's why we went 230, 230. And it, it, it was correct. Uh, 230, if she would have hit that, um, and not missed it on grip at the very, very top, she would have been fifth with a 102, 1027 versus Brittany's 1023. Um, and then, I mean, this is just my opinion. They may disagree. I think 239 was probably going to be a little bit too much of a reach for Jod. And that's one of the reasons we did it. We're like, okay, we know Natalie has 230 on strength, which she did. Like she had even more than that. Just unfortunately the grip gave out. Um, if she would have hit that, I think that would have locked up fifth. Uh, I think that would have locked up the 526.5 world record total. Uh, and if people don't know, it would have been a higher good list score than Agatha. I did not know that. Which it's almost like a, I don't want to say I'm that by no means I'm, I'm, I, I would want Natalie to miss it, but it's almost like a thing. If Natalie would have hit that, I don't think the recognition would have been there because of the way Sheffield is scored. Like no one would have said, oh, this is like the great one of the greatest performances ever because she got fifth place, even though dots would have been the second best ever and good score would have been the best ever. Wow. Well, now we have more suspense for Worlds. Yep. So, worlds will be close because I mean, I, I, uh, that means Jad and Natalie were a lot close. I mean, both of them obviously progressed like a lot. Like it's not like one of them. I mean, uh, I mean, I think that world record total is, you're, I think, one of them is going to have to go 525 plus at Worlds to win it this time. So, mm -hmm. which one thing I sucks, sucks for Sheffield because <laughs> they, it's going to continually be a sucky thing to be a 57 kilo lifter at Sheffield for how high they're having to drive the total up. Agreed. One thing I will say, I did expect Nally to execute. I did not expect this execution from Dodd quite for this meet. Yeah, it was, like, it was definitely it her was great. best meet. It was definitely her best meet yet, so. And even just talking to her, like, especially because last year we did a podcast after, and she was like a mental, just like mentally, just like super nervous the whole entire me in her head. She told me she left the meet and had no fun. And this, you could just tell by her demeanor, she was like more chill, enjoying herself in the moment. I think that made a big difference. So I'm just proud of her because she's so young. Like, they're both young. Like, she's like, what, 21? <laughs> 22 and Natalie's 25. 22. No, that's an insane... Those two are insane. I mean, that's going to be, we, we talked about when we did greatest rivalries, how we usually don't have long-term rivalries in powerlifting. This mm -hmm. one I think could, like, I, I don't see a reason why that this isn't the continued battle for at least two to three more years. Like both of them are very set in this weight class. I, 
I mean, as of right now, there's not really anyone else in the discussion with them. So this could this could be one of the more long term rivalries. We'll see. We'll 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 see how that plays out though, because we we thought Amanda and Daniela was going to be a long term rivalry, and it happened one time basically. So we'll see on that. But this this could be one of the few ones that play out like long long term, and that would be really cool to see. So speaking of Amanda, overall, so she went seven for nine. She missed the last squat and her last deadlift. I did talk to her after. She was just mentioning like she felt like she had a hard time rehydrating after having the last weigh-in. Um, but yeah, she hit the 249.5 squat. I was kind of shocked she went for 253, even though it was only like three and a half kilo jump. Like the second just moved like it was really hard. I thought she was gonna go like maybe one and a half kilos higher or something. Yeah, I mean, she had, so in the sense, she had a great day. She beat the world record total, but I mean, I, she's a good example of what I mentioned with Keiko in the sense of like, sometimes you don't get your legs under you on squat from the recomp. And she's had issues with that before because we saw her hit 259 in training easier than the 249.5. You can you can see based on the attempt selection, they were shooting for something in the upper 250s and it just wasn't quite there on the day. Um, and it, but within that, like it, it makes it look like a down performance because she missed that. She got 11th, but she broke the world record total of a highly competitive total and is one of the yes. highest good lift scores and dots of all time. It's one of the things that like to a casual fan, Sheffield can kind of be like to me, Sheffield is kind of annoying with the scoring system because it looks like some of these lifters didn't have good days. Like that was one of the things that like Natalie, we were talking about afterwards. She's like, I had a great day. And people are like messaging me saying like, oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't have the day you want. I was like, she had a PR to total and hit 516.5. It just it's because of like ha, like one, how stacked this is, but two, because yeah. of the, the setup of the scoring system, like you'll have people breaking world record totals that are highly competitive, getting 10th and 11th and looking like they had a bad day. But no, Amanda had a great day in the grand scheme of things. It was the greatest ever performance in 84 kilo history. Uh she finally beat her total from that Wisconsin local meet, too. That's been over her head for a long time. That meet. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, from here, we also yeah. have Tish Chapone, who also, she had a good day. She had a good day. She had, she her, she had, her, yeah. she had a better day than I thought and the best day I've ever seen her. Her attempt selection still is always odd. She she sets up everything to go six for nine, and I, I don't know why. Uh, but in the sense of strength, that was by far the best we've ever seen her in the sense of, like, Jim Strake transferring over. And then she pulled the wild card coming out and pulling sumo. I know! Which I didn't and even realize until the last attempt. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sumo looked, <laughs> sumo looked fantastic for her. So That's her new cheat code. Pull Sumo. Get all three deadlifts. Yep. Because <laughs> she got all that three actually, I Honestly, based off of this meet, I, I felt like she was losing ground and Jessica and Heather were gaining based on whoever gets the, the bid from Jessica and Heather. But this meet gave me a bit more confidence in Tiffany still being like the top dog and like it's going to be hard to beat her. And, and in large part... Because of sumo. Like, that just looks so much better for her than conventional. Yeah. So, and then we also had, we had Noemi. And we did say we weren't sure if it would be a great meet for her because she'd been having some down meets. Um, she did not have her best day. She missed six for nine and missed all of her last attempts. I'm just happy she came and, and trained and, like, did her meet. Yeah, she did in, she in, the, in the grand scheme of where she's been, it wasn't a bad day. It's just the issue yeah. that Evie has separated herself so much in that class that it's it's just not competitive to compete with that total anymore it's just so far off so um yeah that 50 evie's kind of ruining the 52 kilo class for everyone else in it like it's just it's it's, it's her and that no one else 
she is because like if you look at this total at a different meat you're like wow this is really strong and it's like it just doesn't it just doesn't matter because evie's just destroying it <laughs> yeah but that's sheffield yep so so okay. yeah you that's mentioned talking about next talking about next year yeah favorites for next year let's let's throw out early favorites so we can have sound clips of people being pissed off at us when we're wrong um the the biggest thing is the men's side could look entirely different next year i know very very different um i mean perk i think has to be the favorite um like it, it's almost it's it's it, the biggest question with him is like how low can he Keep, what what can he do at Worlds to set up Sheffield and still win? Because it's, it's a thing where he's going to probably want to not go all out at Worlds because he doesn't want to set that world record high. I mean, like right now, he can just do 800 kilos and he's going to be fine. I mean, he's probably he might have yeah. to do a bit more than that by then if Tim and and and, and Callie have a little bit better days. But I, I think he's going to have to be the favorite because he's he's already done 855, which would be astronomically higher. I mean, 855. Let's do it. Uh, was it 855 rate or is it 850 851 point i don't know <laughs> you're faster than me per, 851 sorry 851 okay. divided by 800 is 10 uh 106 percent so no one i mean the winner this year is not even at 101 percent. i don't think so i mean he's, he's Wait, we're well, going based off 800 yeah oh can the we go current, with, okay okay Current world record total is 800 kilos. So, I mean, it's, it might raise a bit because he might have to do a little bit more than that at Worlds. But heck, the other person is Dan Clements. I think a lot of people are going to say like Ashton and Bob. And while I think they very much are going to be make it interesting, Ashton and Bob's totals they have to beat are a bit more competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan Clements is coming over already totaling 30 kilos over the world record total. Um, so, yeah, I mean, next year is very much set up for Perk, Dan, Ashton, and Bob, based on how things go. Um, Ashton is a little bit more of a question mark because Ashton, it's a competitive total at 940. We'll see what Anatoly does. Bob is 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 probably going to, I mean, I think he pretty much is going to run away with that uh, 120 kilo class because he's only yeah. 106 yes. kilos right now. I know, but it's a but he's got to go. His issue is he's not going against the like what people like Tony Cliff at nine fifty two point five. Bob's going against uh, Dennis Cornelius's total of like nine seventy something, so that's not easy. But either way, the men's going to look completely different. I got to say, it, it's Perk with Dan Clements second is my top two right now. I mean, I can't disagree. Perkins has to be number one. I can't say anyone above him for that. Um, yep. You telling me how big the game gap is with Dan Clements, well, there you go. Like, the gap is just too big with the way it's being set up. So that, that would have to also be my top two. <laughs> um, do you think Petrie gets to Worlds? Hmm. It's going I to be harder than, normal. it's going to be harder than people think to go get 895. I, I'm gonna say Yes. Because that's been in his wheelhouse, and I think three kilos is going to make a decent difference for him. But who knows? Because he doesn't post anything. He archives all his stuff, and we never I have know. any idea what's going on. So I don't know. I'm going to say, I, I'm if I was betting money, I'd say he's in the driver's seat. But 
I it's not a safe bet necessarily because 895 is excuse me 895 is not an easy total to get he cannot miss a lift likely um so yeah we'll see on that one that that's 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 where this thing I would just I would like to see them all head to head to right to, to play out for it and we're not gonna see it so um yeah I'm gonna I know it's possible for him to do it I'm gonna say no we don't see him at Rolls. okay so we'll, let's see what happens no. <laughs> but well, women? women's I don't know I don't think I don't know if there's a I I the winner is going to be whoever games the system. And we don't know yet who's going to game the system. Because I, I think that's what's going right, to... We've seen it twice now. Whoever gamed the system won it. Uh, I I think the 47 kilo total is a bit low now comparatively. I think the 52 total can still be upped. And I think Alexis Jones at depending on how the issue with well the issue with alexis jones is she's probably going to have to try at worlds she she can't sandbag at worlds because of Brittany and sonita so i think yeah. that record's going to be high I, frankly if amanda can put in the whole meat that she thought she had she may have a really good chance next year with more of these totals being there and her maybe having 660 if it's squat and deadlift all goes to play i don't know i don't know it i don't that's going to be a really hard one to 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 suggest on that. Yeah, I I also immediately went to the eighty four with Amanda and then Evie with the two because she can still definitely beat that record like tomorrow. Yeah, so I would I would if I had to pick, I think a fifty two is going to be the favorite next year. Yeah, because I don't think Evie's going to have to touch that world record at Worlds. I think she's probably just going to do what she did this year. She's going to make sure one forty one doesn't go up. And I think 52 is going to be the class to be in next year. All right. Yeah. Is that everything? So, I think that's it. Okay. That wraps up Sheffield 2024. Will you be there in 2025 in person? I, I hope so. I mean, uh, I think there's a good chance Natalie and Waskar can be there. <clears throat> um. Even if I think honestly, I mean, we saw it this year. I think if it, between Natalie and Jad, I think whoever doesn't win is going to get a wild card usually. So I, 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 you can't guarantee it, but I think it's a good chance both of them will be there again. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very I, total wise. I have little doubt Waskar can hit the total this year. Um, we'll have to see if uh, Fedoshenko comes back and that they have to battle because then he'd have to win, which would be dumb because if Fedoshenko somehow wins, he can't even go to Sheffield because he got popped. I'm still salty about this whole crap because it if if Fedoshenko's record didn't count because he got popped at some point, Waskar would be the favorite next year. He actually would. Oh, hundred percent. He would be the because yes. I actually I actually believe by next year Waskar has a chance to break Fedoshenko's total, but he's probably going to barely break it. Versus yeah, yeah. if he could have the total at seven six twenty five and total six seventy, Waskar wins. So I'm I'm just gonna be salty about that biasly. But yes. Yeah, I I I already bought tickets. They're almost they're almost all the front rows almost sold out, the front sections. That's, I went and bought a Mesa. I don't know if you've seen that's that. Wild. No, I have all the not good seen that. All, almost all the good tickets are gone. So yeah, I already bought oh tickets. Oh my god. 
So worst case, I'll sell them. But I mean, I very much expect to be there again. I very much expect to be suspended again. I am not holding out any hope this time because of all the back and forth I had this year. So yeah, I plan to be there again because I I think both of them will be there. So. All right. Well, until next year, Steve, thank you for joining. Of course. Likewise. Peace. All right. Bye.